this is Nadia with Be The Boss Podcast. On our podcast, we talk about how to become your own boss physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. That's right. On Be The Boss Podcast, you can reach out with your questions and topics, and we'll talk about it. In other words, you reach, I teach. So make sure you write in and leave your comments below. You don't got to be the man. But you can always be the boss. Good morning, Tampa, Florida. We are live today in the Tampa Club. I'm here, your host, the anime with the lovely co-host. Nadia Light. Nadia Light. <laughs> we have an excellent guest today. Nadia, introduce your friend to the world. I'd like to introduce Joseph, our guest for today. Joseph, can you introduce yourself? Well, Brandon Boss followers, I am Joseph Johnson. And I am an entrepreneur here in the Tampa Bay area. Um, started from the bottom, and I don't want to coin this phrase and say, now I'm here. <laughs> but it, it's true. I mean, you know, I am just a local entrepreneur that strives for excellence every day and, you know, just have a take no bullshit motto. You know, so that's who I am straight shooter, and what you see is what you get. Oh, dude. I love it. When I met you, I uh, instantly connected with like what you do and your story and your just your vibe, like everything about the way you run your business and the way you talk about business in general and your outlook on entrepreneurship. It really it inspires me. Like every time I talk to you, I go home and I tell my mom and she's like, you seem inspired. And I am. It's really amazing to see someone with so much experience and so much backstory and so much passion just running shit. And I love it. So for me, you know, uh, it's never been an easy, it wasn't an easy road travel. Um, you know, I always fancy myself just this kid from Newark, New Jersey. Um, I grew up on three sides of the railroad tracks. You know, I grew up in projects. I grew up in a middle-class home in Newark, New Jersey. My mom, I always say my mom hit the lotto, moved to Florida. And when she moved to Florida, you know, we lived in the suburbs of Carrollwood in Northdale. You know, uh, and in living in Northdale, you know, I lived around a lot of kids whose parents were executives. They were pharmaceutical executives. They were doctors. They were lawyers. You know, a kid coming from Jersey, you know, I, I'm like, what I know is city life, right? right? So here I am moving to Northdale, and I got friends that live up on the 19th hole. No, I'm sorry, excuse me, on the 18th hole. <laughs> and I got friends that live in Carrollwood Village that have 36 holes, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, when you're talking golf. And, you know, it, it was just one of those, like, it was cool, but you never paid a, a, attention to it. So then you get these mentors who, you know, they're in, at USF, you know, growing up and going to the YMCA. These guys are USF. They, you know, have sociology degrees and you know, business degrees and they take a liking to you and they start, you know, mentoring you and you start seeing life different. You know, as a kid growing up in the inner city of Newark, New Jersey for 11 years of my life, you know, I'm looking like, OK, I got to be excellent in basketball, football, track, baseball, whatever sport outlet that I can possibly, you know, be good at. And that was going to be my way of of right. of making it to riches, right? Mm -hmm. So I get to Florida and I'm living in this suburban community of 
Northdale, a de-restricted community, right? Like, what the hell is a de-restricted community? You know? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Oh, you can't paint your house this color. You have to get approval by the association, you know? So I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't care. It's my mother's problem, right? Not mine. You know, right. I'm a kid enjoying life in the suburbs. So, you know, that's when my whole outlook in life changed. It was like, oh, wow, I don't really need sports. I can actually make it, you know, in business, you know. So I started taking a liking to business. I started my first business when I'm like 13 years old. It oh, was wow. uh, I mowed grass. I, I mowed lawns. Right. So I'll never forget. I didn't have a, a lawnmower. So I went to my neighbor across the street. Uh, one of my friend's mother, he had moved to North Carolina and his mom was you know, home and she never had time to cut her lawn. So I went to her, I made a deal with her. I said, uh, her name was Star. I said, Star, listen, I said, uh, I'll make a deal with you. Mm-hmm. I said, if you let me use your lawnmower, I'll cut your lawn. So she said, okay. <laughs> so I literally <laughs> take this woman's lawnmower, put it in my garage, and I'm mowing maybe five or six lawns on a Saturday, right? I'm charging 20 bucks, right? So I'm a kid, you know, 13 years old. Right, right. right. So you're rich like, right now, yeah. Money, <laughs> six lawns, I mean, come on, it's 120 bucks, right? Like I'm putting money in my pocket, you know, I'm 13. So, um, you know, that was my first business. And it was just from there, just continue to carry on. In high school, I sold candy, you know, always an entrepreneur, always making money, you know, just, I grasped that concept young, but I really didn't understand what I was doing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just making money, right? Like I'm out here, I'm just making money, you know, putting cash in my pocket. You know, I got girls like, hey, what's up? You know, like, <laughs> you want a bathing suit? Yeah, sure. Come on, let's go to Walmart. You know, what, I'm thinking she's going to buy like a $10 bathing suit. No, she takes the most expensive one, 40 bucks, you know. Mm-hmm. It's an older chick, by the way. Uh, so, you know, I learned my lesson was like never trying to impress an older woman because she will take your money. You know, so, right. you know like uh, yeah, I learned my lesson. Like uh, you just took half my earnings this week, and left me with sixty bucks. You know, so you know, for me, it, it was just you know, it's just all about always be learning. You know, they got the ABCs. Always be closing, right? Mm-hmm. You got the ABS. Always be selling, right? So all my life growing up. I always lived ABS, always be selling, all right? So I'm always selling myself and always branding myself. And, you know, it just got to the point where as an adult, you know, I, I've been around the world once or twice, maybe three times over. And, and doing that, I've, I've been to a lot of places and I've seen a lot of things. And one of the things that I respect in being around the world and being in different countries is the entrepreneur attitude that the foreigners have. They literally, you know, they work for themselves, you know, whether it's on the market or whether it's an importer, exporter, trader, whatever, you know, they're taking care of their families by any means necessary. And it's, it's, it's survival. You know, so when I look at entrepreneurship, I'm not looking at entrepreneurship as boastfulness. I'm looking at entrepreneurship as survival, right? Because you can go and work for someone but you're not going to get a piece of the pie. You know, we, you go and work for someone that's working for a piece of the pie, right? Right. You do this, we're going to give you pie. No, I ain't getting the pie. It's my pie. <laughs> I'm getting the crust. I'm not even getting the crust. Right. I'm getting the crumbs off, off the, the crust, crust. Right. right? I never forget, um, it's probably about 13 years ago, 
I sat down with the owner of this company that I work for. I worked for a defense contractor. And I sat down with him and I said, you know, I'm going to bet on myself. I said, this guy's getting over on me. You know, at this time, I'm making maybe 65000 as a base. Commissions, I'm getting commissions. And then I'm earning like a bonus because we hit this number. So I get a 25, it's a cap bonus, $25,000 cap bonus. So I said, you know what? This ain't good enough for me. So I go in his office, which was my office, by the way. He kicked me out of my own office. Because oh corporate office is like in Michigan, and they come down to South Florida. And he comes in the office, and I'm taking over your office now. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I spend more time in the war room anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, the war room is like our conference room and where we had basically our tactical operations center. So, um, so I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you know, okay, I'm making six figures because my bonus and this and that, but I really want... I want the meat and potatoes. So I go in my office, which is now his office, and I sit down and I said, listen, I'll make a deal with you. He doesn't know that I got this in the back of my head. <laughs> I said, um, how about we do this? Take my salary. He looks at me and says, what? I said, take my salary. So well, why would I do that? And why would you want me to take your salary? I said, because you know what? I'm making a shit ton of money for you. And in making a shit ton of money for you, I'm losing. And you're gaining. And he says, you ever watch WWE? You ever watch Vince McMahon's character? It gets all rowdy. It's like, right, right. It's like huffing and puffing. You're fired. Like, get out of here, right? Right. So this guy literally, he reminds me of Vince McMahon, right? Right. So he says, I'm tired of talking money with you all the time. I said, listen, that's why I'm saying, let's make a deal. We don't need to talk money no more. So this is what I'll do. I will forego my salary. And in foregoing my salary, for every property and every new business that I bring on, every new account I bring on, you pay me my commissions up front rather than amortizing it over the years. Hmm. Because the first year you get 2%, the second year right. you get 1%, the next year you get half a percent. So no, you just pay me my commission up front. You're not paying me a salary. You're saving on salary. He looks at me and says, you're fucking crazy. So I said, okay. So what are we gonna do? He said, well, what do you want? I said, well, you know, you pay me $65,000 as a base. Then I get my commissions. Then you give me this $25,000 cap bonus. So I said, you know, I wanna bet on myself. I don't need your money. I can make more money with you paying me my commissions up front rather than letting it amortize. So he said, okay, this is what I'll do. How about I move your salary to $100,000? We'll still keep the $25,000 cap with your uh, bonus if you hit these targets, and then you get your commissions. Hey, was I a fool? (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of funny. I just negotiated a higher salary. Yeah. $35,000 raise, right? Right. Plus my $25,000 cap bonus. Plus all my commissions. Right. So. Keep it moving. <laughs> it was. Okay. You learn to become a shark. People have to be sharks in business. Don't be minnows. Mm. Don't be the little guppies getting ate up all the time. Sometimes you, you, you take a risk on yourself. And there's a reward at the end of the tunnel. But if you don't take risks. There's never going to be a reward. 
you have people that are built to be in systems, mm-hmm. and they're all right with that. That's mediocrity. I'm not a mediocre dude. <laughs> you know? When I walk in the room, I want people saying, who's that guy? Facts. Mm-hmm. I don't have to say nothing. I don't have to have a mirror in front of me like I'm some narcissistic fool. But my presence alone says, who's that guy? Mm-hmm. That guy means business. When I'm walking down the street, I want people acknowledging me because it's my presence. And when you're doing business, you want people to know and understand that you mean business. You're not in business so you can go to some cocktail party and just say, yeah, I'm a business owner. (laughs) Who fucking cares? (laughs) What kind of business owner are you? Are you a revenue producing business owner or are you Mm -hmm. just a fucking business owner who's sitting there talking about you own the business? Mm -hmm. Oh, what do you do? I do this, I do that. People ask me, what do you do? I do this. I own a couple of companies. To me, it's like a shrug off because I don't really want to talk about that. Mm. I'll talk about it here with you, right? Because this is something that's, you know, one, giving you information. Two, it's reaching people who are looking to maybe break away from the system, but they don't know how because first off, it starts with the inner you. Mm. It's the It's the guts inside of you. If you don't have, if you don't have the, the, it's not even a drive, but if you don't have the confidence in yourself, you'll never break away from the system. It's like I say, no money is clean money. Every money is dirty. <laughs> Listen, when I started my company, you know what? Fucking state of Florida, they take forever mm. to do something. Right? Yes, they do. You do what you got to do. Thank God for computers today, and that's all <laughs> I'll say. You know, you do what you got to do to get your business off the ground because you need it. You're trying to make money, and you're being held back from making money because there's so many systems in place to prevent you. But at the end of the day, you got to eat. I think to in today's society, they put so many obstacles in front of like school, education, needing a college degree. There's so many obstacles in front of young, inspiring entrepreneurs or people or like even everyday things that they they want you to be mediocre because that's the way society runs. I mean, mediocrity helps the wheel of economy keep spinning, spinning, right? And without it, it's very hard for the economy to work and to function. So I think being able to see past those obstacles and being able to overcome them is what really makes an entrepreneur and someone who is not just a business owner, but someone who actually makes a difference and actually contributes to the community and the society and also to the economy. You got to be a fighter when you're an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Every day of your life, your back is up against the wall. Don't take for granted one minute that, yeah, you got a a bank account that's loaded with six figures, seven figures, eight figures, nine figures, whatever. You always, you're always fighting. Your back is always against the wall. Because at any day, someone can take it away from you. Mm. Even though you're making billions and millions, we see billionaires fall every day. Yep. We see millionaires fall every day. Because someone needs you gone. 
It's like being on the street, being a drug dealer. Mm. You work in the corner, you work in the half. Mm. Now you went from the corner boy to now you become the distro, you become the distributor. Mm. You're distributing to everybody. Now you got an up and come coming corner boy who says, I'm tired of buying from this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a change. Right? Mm-hmm. I want to be the new distro. I got my vision on how this can be. What do you do? You take them out. Yep. The only difference is you take them out with a gun mm. because you're living by the sword. Right. Right? You're living by the sword. You're living by the street rules. Mm. Right? It's the same way in business, but they do it differently. They live by the shield. <laughs> they, exactly. Right. Exactly. Wow. Or they, they, got, they got friends. They, listen, I need this guy shut down. I won't name this place, but I was talking to a friend of mine who, you know, works with a certain property around town and they they can get the permits that they need. Mm. So I said it, I said, who'd you piss off? <laughs> Facts. Well, they only pissed off such and such yet. Yeah, they, it's, That's it's it. not gonna be easy for them. But this is the way it is. As an entrepreneur, you're always fighting. But not like physically fighting, but you always right. got to keep your head on the swivel. Yes. Never think for one minute that you are good because <laughs> you're not. So it's crazy. When my mom emigrated from Russia, she really believed that America was completely different from Russia. So Russia always ran on corruption. Everything can be bought. Everything can be sold. You can get everything better with money, Right. And she believed, even education. In Russia, you can buy your education. And this is not something that a lot of people talk about. Fuck, you bought your education here in the States. You did, but here you you have some grades. There's a little leeway. There, you can be a failing D student. You put enough money in your little notebook when you give it to the professor, he'll return over the day. Like... I know. Sounds like our politicians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know medical students in Russia who bought their degrees at their doctors, and it's it's mind blowing. And my mom really thought when she was immigrating to the U.S. that it was going to be completely different. And as I've grown up, as we've seen the school education system, as we've seen kind of the medical system here, it's all the same, but it's hidden under this facade of legality and like goodness and no corruption but in reality it's all the same it's just a different form of corruption and a different form of getting your way corruption is not a systemic issue it's a people issue it is a people, people issue. if you if it's a if okay. it's a matter of resources if there's only a limited amount of stuff around people are going to compete for it and mm-hmm. if they're going to compete for it they're going to try to win by any means necessary mm-hmm. and that's where corruption is born True. it's not Anything to do with a system, country, nation, it's literally just the nature of the game. Sure. If we're gonna compete, guess what? That's why the NBA has a bunch of floppers. Like, if that's the rule, all right, I got hurt today. Like, flop, flop, flop. <laughs> it's just the nature of the business. It's the commodities of life. Yep. Yes. Everything that has a value becomes a demand. Everything we do. It's the commodities of life, that's and that's what and that's what people and that's what people don't understand. It's for example, if we look at our whole election process, mm. you know, um, you have people who don't understand. Like for example, when the whole like 
insurrection thing took place or whatever. It was a travesty in this country. But, um, you know, people say, oh, Mike Pence can overturn, you know, Congress. No, he couldn't. If you read the Constitution, it's clear. Mm. Specifically states, you got to win by a majority. Well, the electorate said Joe Biden won by the majority. There was nothing that could be done. But things that was pumped in people's heads, it's pumped in your mind. It's like a seed. Mm-hmm. Everything. It's all smoke and mirrors. They say, oh, go to school, get your education. <laughs> yeah, you go to school. How many people are actually using their degrees? I'm not using mine. <laughs> I use mine. I, listen. I know why. You can use yours anyway. I took, I took the LSAT because I wanted to be a lawyer. And I realized in taking the LSAT, I said, I fucking hate school. <laughs> Who likes exactly? And I'll tell you why. Not because I don't like to learn, because I learn every day. I live my life endless learning. But because the dickhead that's teaching. Mm. You don't make it fun for me. You don't make it exciting. It's not like when I was in grade school. It's not like when I was in high school. Where I can actually combat the teacher. Like, why are you doing this? You know, okay, you remember back in <laughs> more high school. Algebra 2, right? Mm. Taking Algebra 2. Right? Introduce this fucking foil method. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to be a scientist. Why the fuck do I need to show my work? Right. Did I, did I get the answer? Did I just show you how I got the answer? Why the hell do I need to check it? I'm not going to be some fucking scientist. I don't want to build rockets. <laughs> I don't want to go to space unless it's on some, you know, Starship Enterprise, right? right? right. You know, like Star Trek here. <laughs> but, you know, the, the reality is most entrepreneurs... Look at Bill Gates. Fucker dropped out of Harvard. Look at Zuckerberg. He stole Facebook. Right. Okay. Right? Right. I mean, okay, Bezos is probably the only nerd that really got lucky. ascended. That was pretty Right? $300,000 from his parents. But it wasn't him. It was his wife. Right. He latched on to a woman who was smarter than him <laughs> and pushed him to, you know, keep going. He got 300 grand from his, his parents' retirement, and he started out as an online book distributor, right? Right. They sold books, and then he flipped it from books to now, hey, I live on Amazon. Right. I buy everything. Right. I buy and send the shit I back. I ain't seen the store since. Right? <laughs> I'll go to the store for certain things, right. but, you know, mm-hmm. other than that, I'm on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Convenience. Right. Convenience. Yeah, it's all about convenience. So the guy, I mean, really... But he got where he was because he had a good support system. So he, when it comes to education, yeah, he, he, he used his, his, and I don't mean to insult anybody, so please don't hold this against me. Being objective he is used, what it is. He used his nerd aspect. He started with the books, mm-hmm. right? He said, we're going to sell books online. Then he went to the Kindle. Mm-hmm. And then from there, he started retail and wholesale and everything and hey you want to move your, your tires you want to move your suits you want to do this you want to do that and we'll get it to people like this and they'll keep buying hmm. so he's probably the only uh, educated guy who really made it outside the guys on Wall Street right these <laughs> right. guys fancy themselves on where'd you go to business school I went to Wharton oh, I, I went here I went there 
Those guys, they deal in numbers every day. They pride themselves on education, but they're everyday fucking street hustlers. Yep. They're hustling you for your dollar, but at the end of the day, what gets them in the door it's is the business school that they went to. Yep. So certain things, certain educations, definitely. Right. But for the most part, your, your most uh, esteemed entrepreneurs out there? Just from the streets. Yep. I had a guy who was doing a presentation um, years ago. I'm doing my presentation and, you know, I, I, I took public speaking, right? So it was captivate your audience, right? Like, hold in and hook them. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm going back to my public speaking days and, you know, so I'm, I got my team over here and I'm talking to them, looking them in their eye, right? You know, look them in their eye, right? Bring them in. <laughs> so the guy said, oh, I'm sorry, hold on. Where'd you go to business school? <laughs> And I look at this guy and I say, school of hard knocks. Yes, sir. <laughs> and he looks at me and said, what? Smoking what? What? <laughs> school of hard knocks, man. Just every day. Getting knocked on my ass, being rejected. Learning every day what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Real life. To captivate you. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm sincere in my, in my product. Right. But I also need to sell you. Right? So... It takes failure to generate success. And that's what people don't understand. When you're a business guy, you're gonna fail. A lot. And then you're gonna succeed. Yep. And you're gonna fail again, and then you're gonna succeed. I, I think it's the way society looks at failure. I don't think failure is you failed. It's a stepping stone. It's like a lesson. I don't know. I love that song by Chance the Rapper where it's like, it's not a L, it's a lesson. Like, that's all it is. You're just learning how not to do something. School is preparation. Life is education. Failure is a part of success. People have this weird mentality that you're either successful or you're a failure. I'm like, you're both. If you're successful, you're definitely a failure at the same time. You you have to fail or you're never going to succeed. You're never going to learn. So while we're talking about that, we're coming off of Black History Month, right? So Mm -hmm. we celebrate Dr. King a lot. Mm -hmm. And I got all the love in the world for Dr. King. Mm. Right? From the civil rights movement and this, so on and so forth. But if you want to celebrate someone when it comes to someone succeeding, failing, succeeding, look at Frederick Douglass. Oh, yeah. Frederick Douglass, he was a slave twice. And he was not freed because of the Emancipation Proclamation. Mm. He bought himself out of slavery twice. Mm-hmm. Right? That's amazing, sure. Twice. Mm-hmm. So when you look at when you look at certain things, he his saying was, without struggle, there is no progress. Mm-hmm. And that's why I bring that up. Mm-hmm. You have to struggle in order to generate progress. I a year ago, I posted on my Facebook, I said, Wow, you know, everybody was born with a fucking silver spoon in their mouth today. No one struggled. It sucks because we live in a fucking society where we say the one percenters, right? The one percenters, the two percenters, the five percenters, right? So how can there be one in five percent if everyone grew up in the suburbs? Interesting fact. Explain that to me. You go to a cocktail party and everybody's like, oh yeah, I grew up in the suburbs of Illinois. I grew up in the suburbs of 
fuck that. I was born, I lived in a house <laughs> on my mother's side. My mother's side had more money than my father's side, okay? My, my grandmother was a nurse and, mm-hmm. you know, my grandfather was a cop. And on my, my, my father's side, my grandfather worked in a chemical factory and when he couldn't work anymore because they didn't give him the proper, proper gear, gear. Yeah. Oh you know, he owned a bodega and he ran numbers. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what running numbers are? Right, like little lotto numbers, right? right. What number's gonna play mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. right? Which one's gonna be popular? It's what he did. So when I talk about growing up on three sides of the tracks, I know what it's like to grow up in a house in the inner city of North New Jersey. I know what it's like to walk out of your grandparents' house to go to the stairwell and see a man being held up against the wall with a gun in his mouth and do said, keep going, little man. It's like, absolutely. <laughs> and you get gotcha. to the stairwell and like, I'm gone. You know, like, <laughs> shit, do I want to go back upstairs? <laughs> hey, come on, it's walk with me upstairs. upstairs. Right, You're right. set my friend up, walk with me, and then you go. <laughs> right? So, right. I mean, and then to go, like, wow, you walk out your, your, your back door and you smell the green grass, and you walk out your front door and you smell the green grass. Like, listen, be real, people. Stop being fucking fake. You know, I get it. Fake it till you make it. But work to make it. Mm-hmm. You know? Don't cut the corners. Just be you. Be authentic. Mm-hmm. You understand? And that today, that's people's problem. They're not authentic. They feel they got to be fake. And when you fake for a little bit, you become a lot of it. It becomes your natural go-to state. It's who you are. Fuck that, man. People ask me, ah, what's your story? It's a kid from Jersey. <laughs> I'm just a kid from Jersey. Mm. I know I grew up in a nice fucking house in Northdale when I came down the second part of my life going into my teenage years. Mm. But for me, I always identify as that kid who grew up in North New Jersey. Shoveling snow, bagging groceries, caddying golf bags at an early age. I've always made money. Made money since I was seven years old. Mm. Shoveling snow. Snow coming, couldn't wait for the snow to come. <laughs> Fuck, I'm gonna make $30. <laughs> Hey, when it snows again, make sure you come back here and shovel my driveway. You got it. Mm-hmm. It's your experience is what make you who you are today. It's not your education. It's not your academics that make you who you are and who define you. It's your everyday life experience that make you who you are. I had a conversation with my uncle about a month ago. He sold me some bullshit hoodies, right? <laughs> He's calling me up. He says, hey, man, listen, I need you to support my business. I said, well, what's your business? He says, I'm selling hoodies and scullies. I said, well, I live in fucking Florida. <laughs> what the fuck I need, a, I need a scully for? Okay, I'll take the hoodie, right? So I said, uh, how about, all right, fuck it. So I spent about $175 in hoodies. I gave him $25 tip, right? $25. So we're talking and, you know, we're, we're just talking. I learned something. I was damn, like, man, this guy is he's really a, a walk-in. Um, how can I say? Um, he, he really lived the life of the streets. Right. And now, you know, North New Jersey was his kryptonite. And I got all the love and respect for my uncle because he... Sold drugs, mm-hmm. he distributed drugs, mm-hmm. he uh, shot probably 
nine, nine times, oh maybe ten. I said, fuck, you ain't dead yet. <laughs> you know? See, even to the point where one time he got shot in the hip and the bullet traveled to his his <gasps> penis. This and went to see him in the hospital and I said, hey, what's that? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you got that tube down there. I said, that hurt? He said, it fucking hurts, you know? Oh. He had the pistol or tube in oh, his, his hole. So, um, but, you know, we're talking, and what I just told you, it's not your academics, but it's your life experience. I learned that from him. Hmm. I saw life differently, and he enlightened me on something new. So when I say endless learning, you're always learning something that you don't know. And the problem in today is everybody knows. You, know, you ever talk to someone that says, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, fuck, if you know, <laughs> then I wouldn't have to be telling you this right now. Right. Right? So yep. sometimes people just need to shut the fuck up and just listen. Right? Like, if I'm talking to you and I'm like, okay, you're talking, I'll give you the floor. You just shut the fuck up. Wow. I didn't know that. That's Learn something new every day. Pride. From a business perspective, People have pride, you know, five. A year ago, I had like 10 fucking contracts and I was making buku money in Orlando. Two managers not getting along, fuck me. I lost all those accounts and the additional revenue that I was getting from them. And it was then that prompted me now to tell all my current and prospective clients that you will sign a 14-month contract. Why? Not because I don't believe in my services, but because I don't believe in your politics. Mm. See, two, so you got legislative politics and you got corporate politics. So because, because two people don't see eye to eye in the company in which you're servicing, and one has more power than the other, well, you get fucked. Right. I got fucked. And I said, because of that, no months. never again. Mm -hmm. You want to do business with me? You sign a 14-month contract. If you don't want, I'm okay. Go to the next one. But you'll be calling. So save yourself the trouble now. Sign the contract. But I'm not doing it because I'm trying to get over on you. Right. I'm doing it because I got to protect myself. I got to protect my business. You don't pay your invoices. Hey, I provide your service. You provide me a check. You don't provide me a check within those 30 days in which we spoke upon. I'm going to suspend your service. It's simple. You got to protect yourself as an entrepreneur, as a businessman every day. It's not about being nice. It's business at the end of the day. I need to pay on time. <laughs> Did you charge your residents a late fee? I gotta charge you a late fee. What exempts you? Mm -hmm. In your contract, it says you're gonna charge them a late fee. In my contract, says I'm gonna charge you a late fee. Oh, you don't wanna pay it? No problem. It'll just accumulate. Every month, it'll generate 2.5%, so on and so forth, on that late fee. Look at me learning things. I need to do that. I have clients paying late all the time, and it drives me, it, it turns my hair gray in the mirror. I need to start doing that. Like, late fee is all I, the way. I, that right there in one year. I had a tenant 
who's also a friend, which is a big mistake, but they took the, the pandemic, I guess. So I guess I had to be a little bit... Flexy. But they definitely, their Snapchat story and other things made me feel like, I feel like my money should have came first. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how you're over in another state right now mm-hmm. enjoying yourself. So I learned that real quick. Never again. My next tenant, definitely, that contract is detailed to the T. At the end of the day, mm. you got to protect you. Of course. You didn't get in the business just to be in business. No. You got in the business because you saw a way to better your life for you. Build a legacy, a dynasty for yourself and for your children. Yes. Listen, I'm a parent. I have kids, right? And I challenge my kids every day and I tell them, let me tell you the difference between a winner and a loser. (laughs) Now, I got a 13-year-old daughter. And one day she brought a report card to me and and bringing that report card to me is the proudest, it's like one of my proudest stories that I can tell. So I... She comes, she's like eight years old at this time. And she comes to me and she says, oh, daddy, look at my report card. So my report card is All right. So they show the percentages, right? Let's say 98, 97, 97, 96, 92. 92. She says, yeah, but I made high honor roll. I said, not really. <laughs> I said, cold blooded. 100%, 97, 97, 96, 92. You proud of that? I said, let me tell you the story between winners and losers. Mm. I said, a winner will find a way to always win. I said, a loser will always justify why they lost. Mm. I said, which one do you want to be? You want to be a winner or you want to be a loser? So now this is before the end of the school year. So then, you know, I'm not thinking anything of it. Sit down with her. She says, hey, hey daddy, remember you uh, told me the story about winners and losers? I said, yeah. Why? She takes her report card. She fucking throws it in my face. She says, fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm a winner. Proudest moment in my life. Ah. Uh-huh. Amongst others, right? You know, what so... Was, what, was the, what was the scorecard? She took that 92 mm. and it went up to a 98. That's what I'm talking about. So for me, I'm like... So she got some beat headphones out of that. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, this eight-year-old girl sat down and really listened. She took heed to what I was saying. Yeah. Now, cold-blooded. No. no. Teaching her what to expect in life. If you want something, you gotta be competitive. You gotta win all the time. When I started out in security, I didn't wanna be like Allied Universal. I didn't wanna be like CSI, CIS, or any other fucking company that was out here. I wanted to differentiate. Why is my product better than this major corporation? And to this day, clients can move on to other properties. But I guarantee you, they'll always pick up that phone and call me. I got a client right now. He's in a a rut. He calls me up. 
No problem. I got you. And I told him, I said, he said, listen, I'll never forget. And you know what? These clients that I deal with, whenever they go to new properties, they always call me. So that story I told you offline where, you know what? You might lose one and you gain another one. Mm -hmm. Every time when one client says, oh, we're going to cut back for his budget. But one of those clients always come through and say, hey, we need your help. And it's not one day, two days, like two months worth of work where you generate a lot of gravy to put on those potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it's all about. Mm. Endless learning and taking care of your clients. Holding true to the value proposition in which you offer. If you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to be a successful entrepreneur, always deliver on the value of what you sell. And if you can't do that, you're going to be found out sooner or later. But don't let nobody walk on you. Simple. I think this is one of the most successful interviews we ever had. I do. I think it's I have this theory. Very deep. I say the most ideal interview is if is when you ask someone one question, at most three, and they can talk for the whole interview about their passion, what they believe, their ideals, and that's a successful interview. And I think you just nailed all of that. We said hello, and you said here I go. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I'm telling you, every that time was awesome. <laughs> I hang out with JJ, talk to JJ, every time I feel inspired and like re-motivated and I love it. I think everything you do, and you know what? I don't even think we talked about what you do. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's so Cause inspiring. Cause we got the machine behind exactly. it. Exactly. You're passionate and you, you love what you do. So and, and that's, that's something I love. JJ has a podcast. You mind plugging yeah. it in so that people can listen? Johnny News, uh, Johnny News podcast. That's uh, J O H N N Y and News N E W Z. So with, that's with, missing out. With all that being said, <laughs> do you have any from your, all your experience? That's the real education, right? Experience. Do you have anything you would like to leave with the audience? What I would tell the audience is, you know, whether it's from a personal growth standpoint, whether it's from, you know, how to, as I'll take from Dale Carnegie, win friends and influence people, be authentic. Mm. Mm -hmm. Be authentic with yourself. You know, educate your mind. When, when you say educate your mind, it doesn't mean that you have to, I got to go to school because you're not always going to learn everything in school. Everything that you learn in life is out here. It's life. You're going to learn out here. But don't be led all the time. Know when to follow and know when to lead yourself. Right? So that's what I would tell your audience is whether you are striving to be an entrepreneur, whether you are striving to climb the corporate ladder and, you know, one day be the president and CEO of the corporation that you work for, Lead yourself, but always keep your head on the swivel and don't be that blind sheep that's being led to the slaughter. Mm. That's what I would tell your audience right now I is like to really know when to follow and know when to lead yourself. You know, I like that. I mean, right. but be you. Right. That's all you can be. 
And I don't mean to quote the army be all you can be generation, and I come from that generation, but have an edge on life. And when you have that edge on life, anything is possible. Be the original copy that you are. And to sum up what he just said, (laughs) (laughs) I'll say it again. School is preparation, life is education. You learn everything you need to know right here, right now, out in these streets. No, I'm just kidding, in life. (laughs) Same thing though, right? So seriously, so that's the real education. Do you have anything to add, Natty? Do you, boo-boo. Do you, (laughs) boo-boo. You good with JJ? You got anything else? Hey, like I said, you want the real facts, the real talk, Tune in to Johnny News. Check out on <laughs> check out Johnny News on his podcast. We'll leave a link with his information. Follow him on Instagram. Whatever social platform he has is worth it. Trust me. Amen. And with that being said, you don't got to be the man, but you can always be the boss. Boss, 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 boss. boss, boss.